Hello. Hello. And welcome to the Go Off Sis podcast. Okay, y'all know I am a licensed insurance agent on Megan The Stallion's knees. And yes, I have ordered the Sweetie Special at McDonald's at least twice. So therefore, that makes me a verified music critic along with my unbothered crew here today. So over here, we stand all of the music girls, okay? The Baby Tates, the Chloe Baileys, the Rico Nasties, the Normanis, all the Flo Millies of the world. So because it is such an exciting time in music, and I could go on and continue to list all of the Black women killing the game, we're doing that today. We're going to talk about the influence of Black women in music this year, this decade, this life, because they all deserve all of their flowers. And you know, here at the Go Off Sis podcast, we give the freshest of bouquets. So we're going to be talking about Black women in music. What is the soundtrack of 2021? Who's up next? And how are these music girls diversifying the bag? Because we know that's what it comes down to. All right. And before we start, I do just want to give a note. And we'd be really miss if we didn't acknowledge the recent tragedy at the World Festival in Houston, Texas. Our hearts go out to all that were impacted during this tragedy. We are sending love, energy, and light to the families of the victims and those injured during this concert. As we step into this conversation, I think first and foremost, an event obviously should never end like this. Everyone deserves to have fun, be safe, enjoy their music at any event or festival. And we just wanted to stop and and give a minute to just note, please encourage everyone to stay safe and avoid any surroundings that feel uncomfortable. You are in our prayers and we just wanted to take a minute to express that. Okay. Moving forward, we're going to reset the room, light some stage, and move forward in the energy in which we started this, which is celebrating the music girls who we love and the moments when we can have fun together and just have a good time. So today we have someone new, but always true to the round table, always in the black ground, as I say, but coming up to the front, okay? Our Go Off Six creative producer, Crystal Devone, aka DJ C. Devone. Welcome to the round table, girl. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. I get to be in the, you know, as you say, the black round, but, and I work with some of the most amazing women. So to be here, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I getting nervous? I've been on so many podcasts and so many stages and I'm like, because y'all are so smart and I just, I just love y'all. So thank you for having me today. And, you know, we're sending Steph some healing energy today because I know she wasn't feeling too good. So. Yes, we will be taking on that music crown and obviously giving Steph, one of our fave music girls, her flowers in this conversation too, because she's written a a lot about this topic and we want to get into that a little bit. And I think one of the ways that we can do that actually, Crystal, is something that people may not know about you, but again, that wasn't just a moniker. You are actually a DJ, right? So I cannot wait. In that spirit, we're going to kick off with a roundtable question, all right? So who would be in your group slash entourage, and then what would be the name of your debut single? Crystal, we're going to start off with you. I know you've seen a few entourages in your time as a DJ. Hit us with your position and your debut single. See, 
It depends what day I'm having. And because, okay, I want to be with Megan Thee Stallion. I want to be with Saweetie. I want to I want to kind of shake that ass on a Tesla. Like, I want to do that. <laughs> like, that's the energy I'm giving. But then Summer Walker hit us with, like, Ciara's prayer and, like, mm. you know, Cardi B intuition. Depending on what day I'm having, it depends what circle I'm in. But most of the time, I want to throw that ass in a circle. So that would probably be, you know, one of the things I like to do. Because I like to have fun. Okay, so you're going to be in the entourage, the turn up, right? You're going to be the one ready to go. (laughs) Okay, so your debut single, we're going to call it, it's going to be Watch Out (laughs) featuring DJ Crystal because that is the energy she's bringing when she's feeling it. Okay, fair enough. All right, our Dirty South Queen Maya, how you feeling today? What's up, y'all? Y'all already know what it is. It's the Down South Princess Maya of 904 Jacksonville Stand Up. And the only group that is acceptable in my atmosphere is SZA, Beyonce, Rihanna, and Snow. Like those, if you're not bringing that energy, that level of eliteness, don't talk to me. Like, you know, and you know, my day, my debut single, I'm not in, you know, embodying it today, but it's okay. Y'all hoes ain't ready. Cause y'all hoes ain't never ready. <laughs> Never, never. And I love how you just like curated a like Lady Marmalade style group. Like, you know, you know what I mean? There's like the Beyonce, obviously, you know, who is, I guess is a Christina, right? And then we get sort of like the pink with Snow. Snow is Maya, maybe because we forgot uh, about Snow her. Snow is definitely Maya. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, Maya, we love you. We're, we're waiting on the next album. Good luck. All right, Kathleen, how you feeling up in the six? I'm feeling good. It's your girl, Kathleen, senior editor here at Unbothered. Coming at you from the six, I would definitely be the one in the entourage, not making the entourage. And I would say I always go between Rihanna or Beyonce Mm. because they're the two, you know? They're the two queens. But I feel like Rihanna, and don't come for me, Beehive, but Rihanna is a better party, right? Like, you just want to have a drink with Rihanna more than when you want to have a drink with Beyonce. And also, being in Beyonce's entourage— Feels like it would be a lot of effort. I don't know if my soul could take it. I don't know how many NDAs I could sign. My mouth is too big. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna like safely be on Rihanna's entourage. And then for my single, it would have to be written by Issa Rae because I'm awkward. I'm an awkward black girl through and through. And I think the single would be called Can't Catch Me Slipping, but when I do, please help me up. Cause I fall a lot. <laughs> That's not a single. That's a monologue. <laughs> I tr- I like dropped a glass right before we started recording this. I'm clumsy. If I wasn't Beyonce's entourage, though, my single would be Beyonce, leave your man at home, please. Mm. Mm. Please leave that. your man at home. It's just, it's just leave at home sometimes. You think, sometimes. you think he acts? She acts different when like he's around. No, he can't just, be trusted. He's just, he's just always there. Whether he can be trusted or not, it's just the man is always there. Yeah, it really is just like, Leave your man at home. Take your own advice. (laughs) You're in the picture. Like, just move to the left. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, these are great, great options. I am Chelsea Sanders, your VP here at Unbothered. And, of course, I would not be in any entourage. I would have an entourage. Uh, That's just the way it (laughs) works. It's your energy. Yeah, it's just like, I cannot do anything other than, like, lead an entourage. <laughs> or, as I told you guys, like, lead a mutiny within the entourage. Like, you know what? I'm not I'm not playing with this anymore. Like, our benefits aren't even, like, I do something, like, wild like See? that. <laughs> like, that is very much my energy. And obviously, again, because I'm getting royalties every time I mention it, song title, 
clear the roster to the tuna, blow the whistle, because I was just singing it. Clear the roster. Ding, 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 ding. Like, come on. It, it, that's already there. That's the beat. So we know what we're doing. Let's talk about what the other music girls are doing, all right? So this past month, we had an amazing cover our Black Love cover with Ms. Chloe Bailey. And we sort of, coming off of that, wanted to talk about the current state of music because there are such exciting things happening and there are conversations that, especially over this past year, two years, that we've been talking about this sort of resurgence of the Black music girl who's really just giving everything, firing on all cylinders, and honestly, like saving us, frankly. And so we wanted to sort of open up that conversation. And she wrote a piece, our senior editor, Stephanie Long, on the ways that music has got us through this pandemic. And really, Black women who've really led the way, led that charge. And we found such comfort, such solace, such energy, you know, such encouragement at a time when we really needed it and really didn't have it. And so I want to sort of talk about the role that they played in music for our lives, especially this past couple of years. Kathleen, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, you know how we do. Like, Black women are always the people, the ones who everyone else loves to say, let's have Black women save us. And, you know, it's kind of like, who's going to save us? But I think that Music is a way that Black women have done that for themselves. And so many artists, especially what we've seen in the past 18 months, these artists have used their music as a way to heal through the trauma and the tragedy. And that's what Steph was writing about. And I think that some of the ways that Black women are doing that are, you know, confronting it head on, like writing protest songs like Her Or even Solange's album didn't come out in the past 18 months, but I know that we've gone back to it Mm. because of that, like, quiet, searing rage that is seeping through all of that music. And they're putting out this music through, you know, these protest messages, but it's hidden under these really beautiful R&B tracks. You can still feel that rage and importance. That's on the one side. And I think on the other side of it, if you think of someone like a Chloe or Jasmine Sullivan or Summer Walker, like Crystal mentioned, those artists have been getting deep into emotions or heartbreak and talking about love, sometimes in a romantic way. But I think that we've gone back to that music through this pandemic because we're, it allows us to feel our feelings and it just mm. hits us lyrically in a way that does help us heal and also just helps us cope. Yes. And I think one of the things also, like, as you were speaking about this, I also feel like we've been given the time, the gift of time, right? To, like, sit in those feelings. Like, when mm-hmm. I tell you my apartment has been the stage for just a lot of concerts, a lot of crying, but a lot of concerts, too, mm-hmm. like, to sort of, like, sit in that space and feel it in a way that I feel like, we didn't necessarily have the time or energy to do previously. But I think it's also that double-edged sort of like when you say, you know, we rediscovering Solange, are these like new things, right? Are these like new characters in the game or have found a new appreciation for or that, you know, wider audiences have found appreciation for, you know, whether it's a Chloe going solo, you know, whether it's a Jasmine Sullivan popping off in the most amazing, hugest ways with hotels, you know, getting that visibility, being at the Super Bowl. That wouldn't have happened, let's be honest, three, five, seven years ago, even though Jasmine has been blowing since she was, you know, nine years old. 
And I think, Crystal, I'd love to talk to you about this as someone who's been in the music industry and, you know, has spun these tracks for a while. Like, is this sort of new for us or is it just this moment created such a time for us to appreciate it? Exactly. A time to appreciate it. And sometimes, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And now they come back and you're like, uh, you know what? I appreciate you. Come on, stay with us. Like Jasmine, mm-hmm. oh my, I mean, I'm obsessed with her. I've been obsessed with her. When I heard Bushing Windows Out Your Car, y'all know what type of time I'm on already. <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. And then she went away because she was like, I can't do this anymore. The music industry is treating me like trash. And I went Ooh. out. She took the time and she came back with more power. And she came at a time where people are like, oh, I want to listen to you. Oh, you are saying some real ish. Oh, I can identify with you. So that's why it's just we had the time to actually sit and say, wow, these people are talented. It wasn't a gimmick. Nothing was a gimmick anymore. Before, you know, it's one person at a time. We only can listen to Nicki Minaj right now. Then we got to wait next year. Okay, now we listen to Cardi. At one point, women weren't even out for a long time. Where's R&B at? And then now it's been there. So now you have that song to listen to when it's a heartbreak or you want to feel good or you want to just like feel your wokeness or you know whatever you need, it's out there. We're now searching for it. And black women just do what they do best. (laughs) Show up, you know? Mm-hmm. And show up, but also show out as we do. Mm. And I think that it's when, like, as you were talking, Crystal, I was thinking, I hope that what happened to Jasmine Sullivan doesn't happen to this next generation of artists where we don't appreciate them until a decade into their career or they're not getting the flowers they deserve until a decade in. You know, we've all been rocking with Jasmine since Bust the Windows at Your Car. We've been there, but now some people have just discovered her through hotels. She's just getting that, like, industry acclaim, let's say. And I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope that we, you know, the world starts giving these women their flowers earlier and when they deserve them. We want Black women in music to get their flowers in this industry outside of just a small group of Black women who've been riding for them. That's good. We're going to ride for them. We're going to be their stands, but they deserve the kind of bigger, wider acclaim. Mm -hmm. We have all been rocking with Normani, but is she getting the flowers that she deserves in the industry right now? Is Rico nasty? Like, I'm even thinking of the Canadian R&B girls right now. The boys on the R&B side, there's like The Weeknd, Daniel Caesar. They've crossed over. They're getting this clout. But like Amal and Ruth B, who are both incredible artists, they aren't. Like a lot of the American listeners probably don't even know who those two people are. And I just don't want that to happen. I don't want us to have to wait another decade to give these artists their flowers. Mm. Honestly, I don't even think they care. I think Mm. in the time where Jasmine Sullivan was coming up, it was very, very crucial for the audience to really engage in the way that the audience said you should go. And I feel like now the girls are like, y'all about to get on this train or y'all about to get left because I really don't care. They're like really before their time. They're like starting a whole black girl cult, which I'm so here for, hanging out at Halloween together, like Chloe, Megan, Normani, Ryan. I'm like, oh my gosh, where my invite at? Like what happened? (laughs) Like they're on some forward thinking stuff to the point where I wish women like Jasmine Sullivan had people like that in their corner when they were coming up to say, hey, it's going to be a tough come up because you're ahead of your time. 
but that's what icons have to do. Icons have to be ahead of their time and they have to start it and people just have to catch up and you are going to, it's going to be lonely. It's going to be hard. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be all those things. But what did Beyonce do? Did be, did you see Beyonce say, well, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to wait and then like catch the cusp of the curve. Beyonce said, I'm the beginning of the curve. I'm the middle of the curve and I'm the end of the curve. And then I'm going to start a new wave and then make y'all feel stupid. So I really feel like these new age girls just do not care. They're ahead of their time and they they are really rocking it. And that's what's making them so iconic because they're not just music girls. They're whole entrepreneurs out here. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. And I think like one of the reasons why they don't necessarily have to care as much about album sales or what A&R rep is checking for them is because they've been able to use the platforms that are available to them now in 2021 that weren't available 20 years ago, right? They can hop on Twitter and release a song. You know, they can hop on their TikTok like Doja Cat does, you know, and like go wild and people are falling at her feet, you know, like that, that is real. You can Honestly, now use NFTs, whatever those are, to do something about something. I don't know. Billy Eyelash did it. So why not? Billy Eyelash. So the world is open in a way that like it wasn't before. You know, like if you go back again, we're just we're dating ourselves here, but that's what it is with this music game. We're talking about the like Brandy versus Monica, Boy is Mine, versus now when you think about Sweetie and Doja singing best friends, right? There isn't that sort of exactly like you said, Crystal, like fighting for that one slice of the pie. Because now I think the music girls recognize that there's so much out here and there are so many different audiences that you can cater to, right? There are so many different ways for you to make money, for you to be moving in different ways that don't require you to knock someone else off or to, you know, just go that straight cookie cutter route that's just like you get discovered and it's going to take 20 years for anyone to recognize who and what you do. And by then the next girl's right behind you. You know, it's like it's a completely different world. It's also the evolution, I think, too, because like Jasmine has evolved where mm-hmm. when, you know, all those record deals of the girls that we were talking about a little earlier, think about Solange. She was just Beyonce's sister. The yeah. article that said, Beyonce will never be another Ashanti. I mean, hello. Who said that? Like, real house. The New York Times. The New York Times. New York Times. Never forget. You'll never, never work in this town again. So it just goes back to the evolution of time. Like, she had to come out and all these girls at, at one time were just like starving themselves and they had these record deals where they had to look a certain way. I will never forget interning at Def Jam and seeing Rihanna walk through the office and I'm like, they're literally... They had her hair super blonde like Beyonce. She had Mm. the butterfly top on. And she was literally like a clone of Beyonce. But I'm looking at her in the eyes and I'm like, this girl has this different appeal, but she just can't do it yet. She's in L.A. Reid's office and she's just like spewing the sexiness all around, like even then. And then when Ursula cut that hair, baby, she said, what, 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 I am me and you're going to get this work. But Hello. it was, she evolved faster than the other women who didn't have that opportunity. Where Jasmine, like, her mom was there to just be like, look, if you don't want to work anymore, don't work anymore. Let's go home. And then she came back, you know? Mm. So it wasn't that back to that gimmick, but it also was the evolution. Solange came out and she was doing sandcastles and it was real cute. And then, you no know, seat at the table. And people were like, what is a seat at the table? Let me Google this. Mm. That's so, it's also the evolution of the artist as well that is important along with, are people ready for them? Mm. You know, I I think it's 
It is, are people ready for them and are they ready for that, right? Because a lot of what you're saying is, you know, we think of them as these sort of like deities or like demigods, but they're people, right? Rihanna, I'm sure when you saw her walking, was like maybe 20, you know, still was trying to deal with her five head, which we love, but, you know, like dealing with her own things, right? And I think a lot of sort of that like vulnerability, like you said, evolves with age, evolves with maturity. A lot of these girls today, which I think we don't talk about enough, are very young too and trying to figure out their own stuff. I think we also just need to give grace and time to that. But I think what we also should be thinking about is like when these people or when these stars are ready to just be themselves, to be 23 years old, like Chloe said, and just be like, you know what? I just want to dance in front of the camera for a minute. That's it. And that's okay. And I feel like that's something that these artists wouldn't have gotten the freedom to do 20 years ago, 30 years ago, because it just, that wasn't the landscape. And again, I know, Maya, you're going to be like, well, all these old people are talking about some old shit. (laughs) I would never. (gasps) I changed my group. I wanted to be in in Vogue for a second. And then I said, Maya's going to be like, what is it in Vogue? I know who in Vogue is. Uh, Oh my God. Name three of their songs then, okay? Come on. No, but I I do, like, I feel like that, you know, there is this, like, then versus now, right? And, like, we don't often, like, really give a chance to say, like, the the setup was different, right? The setup was just different. And I just don't feel like, honestly, for me, that comparison is really fair. You don't see people being like, damn, wish I had a notebook and paper because this computer is a piece of shit. You don't see people do that. (laughs) So why are we like, oh, the lyricism of this person, the lyricism of that person, the demographic that they're catering to is not the same. Let's just start there. They're gauging their information in the way they move to a demographic of women who are in a certain place in time socially. Women who have been taught to cover up because modesty is important. There are a group of women who are taught, if you go to college, you'll be successful. There are a group of women who are taught, if you get in these specific fields, you're going to be successful and da-da-da-da this. And you you are just having those women come through and blast through all those barriers in a time where women are tired of being told, this is how you should be a woman instead of be a person first. Mm. And then Mm -hmm. you get mad when people come in and like, oh, she's showing her body. You only sexualize it because that's what society has told you to do. People are tired of living in these boxes and they're ready to be themselves. Allow people to do that. Little Kim's lyricism was for her time. People were very elevated and really needed Little Kim when Little Kim was Little Kim. People need Megan now. People want to be free. We just came through a pandemic. We want to relax, relate, release. Shake some booty while finding out who we are as a person, which not might not be who our mothers and our fathers were. So stop comparing the two. If you don't like it, don't listen. Chloe needs Maya uh, on her roster, <laughs> on her in her entourage, Girl. just to have Maya say that word every time she I'm posts sorry. anything. <laughs> uh-huh. um, also, I mean. Maya, you're always calling us old, but but you're right in that the comparison between this new generation and the older generations, I don't think it's fair, but it does happen because of nostalgia. People are looking at the music industry now and thinking that, like, a Lil' Kim, mm-hmm. she had to come up in a situation where she had to have a cosign of male rappers in order for her to get clout. Now, that doesn't necessarily have to be the case for female rappers. Mm -hmm. But different doesn't equal bad. You know? Like, things have gotten better 
incrementally in the music industry. And people do have, like Chelsea was saying, that agency and that ownership over their brands because of social media. A label can't come in and tell Chloe to like put on more clothes. Followers are currency, right? So if a label was like solely in charge of Chloe, I don't think we'd be seeing some of the stuff that we see. Now she can just put that stuff up on her Instagram. She can post it and she's got that power, which is a good thing. Just because, you know, our generation suffered through like unpaid internships doesn't mean the next generation has to do that. So it's just a different way of thinking and it's a different industry and that's okay. Mm. And I think what we're also talking about, because Maya, Kathleen, you're bringing up such great points, is that like we have to accept the fact that these people, everyone we're mentioning, the OGs, didn't own their image. They weren't able to maybe do the things they wanted, say the things they wanted, act the way they wanted, dress the way they wanted. Because a label was owning that. If we think about this even now, and this has come out over the past few years, these women didn't even own their own voice. Like, they didn't own their own masters. We're going through right now in real time, Megan trying to figure out how to own her masters. If we even go further, further back to my mom's era, like, Anita Baker still doesn't own her masters. These people didn't have ownership over their own voices, which is wild to think about, but that was the reality of how the industry was set up. But what I also think is that we're seeing different versions of them, too, that we all have thoughts on and ideas on. You know, when we're talking about the Megan, she's out at Popeye's getting her hot sauce. Told you Sweetie's got a McDonald's deal. Everyone's over here diversifying their revenue streams, which we all should be doing. But that's the other thing. We're all sort of getting and picking and choosing the different parts of these girls that we sort of identify with or don't. And that, I think, is very different because now there's more to have questions on, there's more to ask about, there's more to get on Twitter and, like, sound off an opinion on versus before where it was like, this is who Lil' Kim is, and that's it. (laughs) Mm. And so I think it brings a host of other questions and, again, more opinions that, as Maya said, we will not be taking opinions here because we don't care. But I think it because now we see them in all different spaces, there are people who are really almost like either like stay in your lane, right? Stay in your music lane or go get that money because we're seeing them everywhere now. They're not just in the booth and in our ears. One thing about it is like, I feel like people really don't, they they so they get wrapped up into the shade room of it all mm. and don't really be paying attention to what's going on. People was like, how does Megan have a sauce that Popeyes? I said, first of all, it's genius. She put her own label on a sauce they already had <laughs> and is making money off of it by just singing. Why are you dumb? <laughs> It's what? <laughs> I literally got that. I got her. I'm like, oh, I don't need the Megan sauce. And then I got this, the sauce I usually get, like some spicy whatever. I'm like, this is the same sauce. This is genius. <laughs> <laughs> this is genius. You got, again, did Sweetie invent the Big Mac? No. <laughs> right. Like, hello. This is genius. Put your name on shit that's already invented so people buy more of it so you can get a percentage of the profit. Literally. What? Because yeah. I could be out here like, oh, I invented sweaters. Girl. Like Chelsea. The power. Yes. The, you're that, a scammer. I'm waiting for them to have the I Maya so I can be all up and through Apple. Like, it's donezo <laughs> at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all are lo- I just don't understand. And that's why you will always be a broke bitch because you don't understand. <laughs> I think the difference is that 
before the 90s, it, you didn't have social media. You had no concept of who people were. Why people were so amazing, or air quotes amazing, is because people wanted to be that person. Mm. You wanted to be Michael Jackson. You wanted to be like Mike. You wanted to be like Beyonce. Now, the authenticity is based off of she looks like me. She's thick mm. like me. She's got locks like me. And that's why even with Nikki, when she came out, it was, oh, she's kind of like a, a little like a little hood. It's the authenticity of people feeling like I identify with her. And now that has definitely changed where before it was like, how can I look like this person? I'm never going to look like everybody was, you know, pushing for the lighter artists or, you know, all these different things where now it's Flo Millie. You know, all mm-hmm. these other girls that are coming up, Deutsche, you're just like, they're fire, they're hot, they look like my cousins, I can hang with them. And I think that that's what people love about today's music as well. They sound like me, they look like me. Mm. That is a really good point, too, of just like, well, first of all, Nikki lost her mind, so we're just going to let that go over there. Like, <laughs> like no one no one got to be like Nikki, okay? So just... It, it yes. had to be said. It yeah, no, she's, she's gone past final form. I don't know what she's doing over there. Welcome to Season 5 of the Go Off Sis Podcast, brought to you by Target, our destination for celebrating ourselves and our success this year. This season, we're reminding you what it means to be that girl. From breaking generational curses to building ownership and just straight up luxuriating, we are using our voices to lead the culture forward because you know we own it. So whether you're looking to build out your new space or just take up space, Target has what we need to embrace our personal style and make sure you're ready to own whatever room you walk into. To learn more, head over to Target.com. I do think and I do hear what you're saying that like it's less of how we can mold to what they look like and more of seeing yourself in them naturally and authentically. And I feel that's something that we're seeing more of. We need more of it. And like, as we're sort of talking about marketing, one of the things that I know we talked about was Lil Nas X, who I think is a perfect example, Crystal, of what you're talking about, right? He came into the game with a viral hit and he could have been gone and that was it. 20 years ago, that would have been his story. That would have been his story. And he decided, you know what? No, I'm going to be authentically me. I'm going to be the first country openly gay black male artist out here. And I'm not going to adhere to what you guys want. I'm just going to change the game entirely. I'm going to make sure that my content speaks to that community. I'm going to do whatever I want, put a little blood in my shoes. I don't know. Sure. Whatever. I'm going to, you know, have a baby shower and make sure that all the proceeds from this go to LGBTQIA Alliance foundations and nonprofits. I'm going to pour into this community the same way they have poured into me. And I think that was such an amazing sort of like, as a a consumer to see, right? Even if, again, I am not this audience, to see that be affirmed in his eyes, right? And to see the effect that had on his queer fans, right? Was so, like, he's changing culture. And that, I think, is something that we can say this new crop of artists is doing so well, and we we need that now. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Lil Nas X is such a good example of everything you're saying. And I think just like really the child of this generation and everything that like you, we would hope for the new generation of artists, Lil Nas X is embodying. And I think that it, 
he is maybe not getting as much respect for his artistry and his brilliance because people think he's an overnight sensation because he uses social media, because his first single popped off like it did. Whereas like, there is so much strategy and intention behind everything he does. So just because it may look like he got this stuff overnight or he's just, oh, he just put out a tweet and now everyone's obsessed or he just did this like gimmicky video. It's like to have the whole world talking about you and talking about things in the intentional way and normalizing certain things that he talks about in his music, like things that should be normalized. We talk about sex every day. We don't talk about gay sex every day. We don't normalize the fact that men have sex with each other, which Lil Nas X is doing and he absolutely should be doing and is taking agency and ownership of that. I think that these new artists should get the the same clout and recognition for the work that they're putting in, even if that work looks differently. I don't want to say I hope I don't sound crazy. I just personally think these older rappers just a little jealous because some of them might be on the DL and couldn't really be out like that. <laughs> Wendy Williams used to have a whole list of the gay rappers that she never released. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. You're uh, you're <laughs> mad because you can't be yourself and he's very much himself 24-7 so that's why mm-hmm. you want his small bag. I've never seen so many people talk about topics that don't have nothing to do with it and I just be like, no one even brought your name up but since you want to say something, do you want to say something? Uh-huh. Do you have somewhere you want to come out of? Because you mind in business that don't pay you. Like, I don't understand why you've come all this way. You've done these great things. And now the people who are coming up behind you have to struggle. Cardi's another great example. She used social media to show us that authenticity and to say, this mm-hmm. is exactly who I am. And again, that takes strategy and that takes work even if it's not the exact same model that some other artists have come up under. Cardi did that so, so well and should teach classes on it, truly. And both Cardi and Lil Nas X are using that social media and their platforms to work in a different way that pushes not only themselves, but their communities forward, which I think we can all take notes from. Oh, yes. And I think also, like, if nothing else, what we're learning, too, is that, like, you have to be very clear about who you are and who you are not, especially Mm. now in 2021. Because something that we've also talked about is if you don't establish that and you're not very clear about who you are, what you will take and what you won't, they'll take it from you in two seconds. And we just wrote about Brooke Obi, our deputy director, wrote a great piece on the Whitney Houston sort of hologram coming to Vegas. You know, we've had this conversation when it comes to Aaliyah, too, as well, her posthumous records. This is a conversation that goes back to Michael Jackson and Prince, too. This conversation of, you know, what happens to this brand, to this image, to this voice once the artist is no longer there. And I think, again, one of the reasons why these artists are so vocal now to the point where they're getting it tattooed on their arm, shout out to Anderson Peck, because they're saying, this is what I want, this is what I don't want, the end. And that's powerful. Like, that is so powerful right now at a time when we're literally reviving people that shouldn't be revived. And that's that's my humble opinion. It's I'm in a weird space because I grew up with older music and I'm millennial music and new age. I'm kind of all in the mix. And I understand where people are coming from, where they're like, I wasn't even thought of when Whitney was 
alive and being an icon and I want to experience that emotion. And that's selfish. I can I can genuinely admit that that's selfishness. And then I think what overrides that for me is what did that person want? And what does their family want? Because I'm not the type to be like, well, I want to see Whitney in concert and I never got to see her. So hologram it up. I'm like, no, she very much has Cinderella the movie. I can go watch that and see how great she is in that. I don't need to see a hologram of her, especially if that's not what her and her family want. I mean, there's other ways to go about it. And if that's not what she or her family wants, I'm going to respect it. And I feel like other people should do the same. Yeah, I agree. It's all about what the artist wants. And now people are signing better contracts. So if like, I feel like Mariah Carey is going to be like, holograms for life, sign it off, and the kids are going to get all the money. I truly feel that Christmas, you press a hologram, Mariah Carey is going to show up, and those profits are coming to her kids for an eternity. I'm sorry, but there are people who like, they don't want that to happen. And I, you have to protect yourself. And for profits, it is just disrespectful. But also, if that's what you want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that back to artist control, right? Where I do think, you're right, Crystal, that people are going to have that choice. Because, I mean, the whole hologram situation just makes me feel not good. <laughs> Doesn't feel great. And I feel like something that technology does is try to cheat the natural parts of life. You know? It's kind of like, oh, you're grieving and you're missing someone who's no longer here. We've got an app for that, you know? Mm. And it's like technology just tries to cheat us out of things that we should just be experiencing. Whitney Houston is my favorite artist of all time. I'm wearing a Whitney Houston t-shirt right now. I will not ever be able to see her in concert because she has passed. That breaks my heart. But holograms shouldn't be able to cheat that natural part of life. And Whitney Houston's family, actually, in this case, did sign off on this. But I don't think a family always is privy to what the artist would actually want. In the piece that uh, Chelsea mentioned that Brooke wrote, I think it was her uncle misinterpreted something that Whitney said where she was like, I would love to go on a Greatest Hits tour before she passed. And he's like, see, she wanted this. Whitney going on a Greatest Hits tour is not the same as her hologram going on a Greatest Hits tour. You know, so I just think that it is going to be back to the artists, hopefully, and that they are going to put this in writing before they pass. Mm. And like an Anderson Pack, they're going to, you know, tattoo it on their bodies. Or like a Mariah, we're making some wild assumptions about Mariah, but I think you're right. <laughs> Mariah is going to be like, let's have this Christmas hologram toured around for, for all of eternity. Because we also know Mariah doesn't age, right? So she's going to say, let's, let's have a 20-year-old version of me yes, <laughs> traveling around <laughs> forever. Yes. But I, I do think it's going to go back to artists. They're going to have to be savvy about what happens to their music and their legacy after they're gone. Oh, 1,000%. And I, I I guess I'm probably like in sort of your camp, Kathleen, because I, I, I almost like respect Whitney too much to do that, if that makes sense, because I know that it is sort of like a perversion of, of her and her wishes. And I'm going to tell you, if anything I said to my family of the past 10 years was taken as like <laughs> legal or in any way binding. I am in trouble. Okay. So just consider this now. You cannot make a hologram out of me or anything I've said. Ignore it really, frankly. But I, and I think that's sort of where you get that, the line of, but the magic was when they were here. And mm -hmm. that sort of, you know, you hear people talking like, I'm so glad I'm alive in the time of our dear Lord Rihanna or Beyonce. Yeah, I am. 
that's the end of the sentence. I am so glad. And there are ways that we can, you know, enjoy them after they've passed. And I'm just not sure that that is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Protect Black women. That's it. Yes. And, you know, and and their holograms. And <laughs> for protecting their holograms. And make sure while they're alive, you're giving them the credit that is due. Because that, part. that is the other thing. Y'all would not spit on them. They were on fire when they were alive. Like, really and truly. Mm-hmm. Treated them terribly mm-hmm. while living. Clown them, were so degrading, disrespectful, and now have decided that this is the space and place that you will honor them. Like, two great examples. Aaliyah and Whitney Houston. Like, those are two artists that, when they were alive, who was protecting Aaliyah? Who was protecting her from R. Kelly? All of mm. that. Whitney, mm. everybody want to talk, want to pop off their crack as whack jokes and not treat Whitney with the respect for her brilliance and her artistry as she should have. And now you want to take their image and capitalize off of them in death? Get out of here. It, that makes me so mad. Ooh, Kathleen. <laughs> you come for Whitney? I'm out okay. here. <laughs> Kathleen said, I'm about to fight about Whitney. <laughs> fight about her. I will. My, again, I'm from the suburbs. I can't fight, but Maya's going to teach me and then <laughs> no. I'm coming. <laughs> but it's true. Like, I'm just saying, like, we better not have be having the same conversation in 20 years because we know that the music industry just acts a fool. And if it's not one thing, it's another. So I feel like we just have to, at the very least, give credit where credit is due while we can, while they are alive, support and encouragement to these girls who are doing it, standing up, standing out, showing up, showing out as they do, and as we have clearly laid out for you. So put some respect on all of their names. And if you don't want to listen, just, you know, the skip button is right up next to the play button. So there you go. Okay, and with that, we have reached the end of our discussion. But oh, wait, we are not done because we have reached my favorite part of the conversation, the don't at me. And in case you're wondering or you just want to hear me say it again, the don't at me is the part of the discussion where we tie a bow on our conversation. We give you some food for thought and some energy just to move about your day with. And again, in case it wasn't clear, you cannot at us, okay? Nothing. Nunca. None. Nine. No. Heart emoji. And for this, don't at me, we're going to shake it down south to our girl Maya here. So take it away, Maya. Give us that don't at me. Hi, guys. How are you doing? The lesson of the day is pay attention. Okay? The new Black girls of this millennium are making music to help you pay attention. Summer Walker created a whole album to teach you how to forget your ex, sweetie. If that's not giving, I don't know what's going to give it, okay? Megan the Shaolin is showing you how to diversify your portfolio while not caring, okay? She's showing you I can go to court, have my man and my spicy chicken sandwich too. Diversify that portfolio and not care. And then invite your Black girlfriends along to bask in the ambiance. Then, if you want to trickle over to Lil Nas X, pay more attention. Be who you want to be, how you want to be. Because you know what? Whether you are who society says you should be or who you want to be, people going to talk. People going to say what they're going to say. People are going to drag you down to the ground. And baby, we can't go to hell with them. They better stay right up here. Because if you don't, they might turn you into a hologram like they're trying to do Whitney Houston, okay? So, when you write in your will, 
after you done made your millions and you don't want to be replicated, duplicated, or imitated, go ahead and write that in there. And you'll know how to do that because why? When you were youngin' and you were diversifying that portfolio, you learned a few things, hired a good black lawyer, and now you sitting in your grave pretty and your kids eating good. So at the end of the day, always pay attention, kids, because if you don't, the big messages in life will always pass you by, and you'll be sitting on the side of the road like a SoundCloud artist who haven't gotten any hit in thousands of years. So don't at me. Yeah. Deacon Desmaya has spoken. <laughs> you swear. So like the sister act, too. Wake up and pay attention. <laughs> The Go Off This Podcast is a Refinery29 original. It is produced by Rashad Isaac, Crystal Devone, Jordan Mason, and me, Chelsea Sanders. It's edited by Hanger Studios. My co-hosts today were Kathleen Newman-Bermang, Crystal Devone, and Maya Carmichael. Like what you heard and want some more? Head over to Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts to catch up on all episodes. And don't forget to drop a review or leave a comment to let us know what you think. You can also find us where it all started, on Instagram, at R29Unbothered. Thanks for listening, and don't forget, it's okay to go off, sis. Money work.